Hello everyone, and welcome once again to this seance of sound that we call Scry. I am the Seer, your host and guide into these glimpses beyond the veil. In this episode, I will gaze into the obsidian mirror and pull forth four true tales of eerie encounters and paranormal presences. I will also be sharing the winners of our submission and review contests, as well as placing the curse of the week on our next victim. We'll get to those last two in a bit, but let's go ahead and get to the stories. After all, that is what brings you here. Well, that and my irresistible nature and winning personality. Our first story comes to us courtesy of Maria M, in which she would get a telephone call that she would think was a wrong number, but may not have been after all. Let's listen to her story. In August 2001, my life was going great. I was 22 years old. I'd just graduated from college, got the teaching job I had always wanted, and my husband and I were starting our lives together. My mom and I had a blast planning the wedding together, and as mothers and daughters sometimes are, we were very close. I remember thinking of how lucky I was to have my mom truly be one of my best friends. In early September of that year, we got the most terrible news. My mom was diagnosed with lung cancer. It was an absolutely crazy diagnosis because she was a healthy woman. She ate right walked tons of miles on her treadmill every single day, and had never smoked a day in her life. Sadly, we soon found out her cancer was not treatable, and the doctors said this aggressive form of cancer did not give her much time. Prior to her diagnosis, my mom and I would talk about the future all the time about my career, about having children, and her becoming a grandma. She and I had even planned that she would babysit while I worked, when I decided to have kids. Knowing her diagnosis was going to cause me to lose that part of my future with her, and thinking that my mom was never going to have a chance to be a grandma, was such a huge blow. With that in mind, my husband and I decided we would start our family earlier than we had originally thought we would, in the hopes that my mom would get to at least see one grandchild while she was alive. In August of 2002, we conceived our son. My mom was so surprised, happy, and excited for us. 
As I grew a new life inside, I watched my strong and beautiful mother fight the disease like a champ. But she got weaker every day. In February 2003, when I was six months pregnant with her grandson, my mom lost her battle. Needless to say, we were devastated she never got to meet her grandson. However, I did find some peace in the fact that she knew he was on the way. We were also very grateful that she was at peace and no longer in pain. In May, our beautiful son was born. His birth brought so much hope and love in a dark time. I often wonder how I would have dealt with my mom's death if I did not have my son's life to look forward to. Being a new mom was nerve-wracking to say the least. Those early days at home, figuring it all out, were overwhelming. I felt so alone at times. It was extremely hard to lose my mom, then right away become a mom, and not have her to help and talk me through the millions of questions I had. I thought about her constantly and wished she was there to guide me. After we were home from the hospital for about three days, my husband had to go back to work, and I was to be home completely alone with our newborn baby for the first time. His first day back to work is a day I will never forget. He left for the evening and I felt nervous. What if I needed to use the bathroom and the baby started crying while I was out of the room? What if there was a huge diaper blowout and I didn't have him there to help with a massive cleanup? I told myself all would be fine, but I couldn't help but feel completely alone and isolated. At one point in the evening, around 9.30 p.m., my phone rang. This was back in 2003, so we had one of those cordless house phones that had an antenna that you pulled out when you answered it so that the static would clear and you could hear your caller. We did not have caller ID or anything like that. While my son laid in the bassinet in the living room, I stood up to grab the phone off the wall and brought it back into the living room to answer it. Standing in the middle of my living room, I hit the talk button, held the phone to my ear, and said, Hello? Hello? On the other end, I heard lots of static, and a sound like something frantically rustling around. I pulled out the antenna and said, Hello? A little louder. Hello? This time, I still heard static. But then, coming through the earpiece, I heard a very scratchy, weak-sounding voice almost a whisper 
Can I talk to Mike Hansen? My skin crawled, and I was instantly very creeped out by the voice. On top of that, I don't know anyone named Mike Hansen, and needless to say, he was not at my house. I responded to the caller by nervously saying, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. But before I even had the word number completely out of my mouth, the caller, very loudly, in that scratchy, gravelly voice growled, No, I don't. I screamed, turned off the phone, and threw it across the room and onto the couch to get it out of my hand as fast as I could. I stood there shaking and in tears, feeling shock and fear from what I had heard. I wondered, was this someone who knew I was alone and was trying to scare me? Why would someone mess with me like that? But then, a very strong feeling of understanding washed over me, and my body broke out into goosebumps as I realized that, oh my God, that caller did not just say, can I speak to Mike Hansen? They said, can I speak to my grandson. I ran over to my son and grabbed him out of the bassinet. I held him tight and continued to shake in fear. At the same time, I felt shocked and confused about what had just happened. I knew then, and I know now, with absolute certainty, that that caller said, Can I talk to my grandson? I sat there alone for the rest of the night and wondered if I had actually just received a call from my mom. It was the only explanation I had for what had happened. Then, as I thought about it more, I began to feel guilty for my freaked out reaction and sad that I had cut her off and hung up on her. I hoped that maybe one day my mom would make contact with me again and I promised myself that I would not freak out the next time. Over the years, I've never had another experience or felt that my mom had tried to contact me. For a long time, I thought, that maybe my freaked out reaction closed me off from receiving these kinds of experiences. Or my mom decided she didn't want to try again because I was a big baby. But the more I think of this experience over recent months, I have truly begun to wonder if it is possible that the entity calling me was not my mom. What if it was some sort of spirit or demon trying to get to me. As I have explained, I was in a very dark place. I was scared and feeling alone that night, and obviously not over the recent loss of my mother. 
I've heard many people say that demons or evil spirits try to hurt or get people when they're at their most vulnerable. And obviously, I was in a vulnerable state at that time. This, coupled with the fact that ever since that night, I have never been able to understand that if it had been my mother, why did she sound so scary? Was she having a hard time connecting and coming through? And that's why she had a creepy scratchy voice? And if it was her, why hadn't she come to me ever again? So after 16 plus years of thinking that my mom called me after she passed away, I'm now truly not sure. I feel there's a real possibility that this was not her, and it was quite possibly an evil spirit or demon trying to get at me when I was weak. And somehow, I didn't realize it till now. Or maybe it was her. I just really do not know, and I don't know if I ever will. Sorry for how long this is. I was hoping to get all the details and feelings I had experienced in. Just typing the words, can I talk to my grandson, and hearing that voice in my head again gives me the chills. Thank you so much for taking the time to read this. I really look forward to hearing what you think really happened 17 years ago. Maria, thank you for sharing that story. Realizing that the voice said, my grandson, instead of Mike Hansen, certainly gave me some goosebumps. While I normally comment very briefly on the end of the story, since you asked for my opinion, I'm going to go a bit deeper in depth. Let's start with the uncertainty of if the voice on the phone was your mother or a demon. We have two possibilities. Let's start with the demon possibility. If it was a demon, that could explain the crackling gravelly voice. Demons can try to trick us. But if it was a demon, I would think that it would try its tricks again and not give up so easy. Let's look at the other possibility, that the phone call came from your mother. I've come across quite a few stories over the years about phantom phone calls, and static, along with distorted voices, seem to be a pretty common trope in this phenomenon. Does this mean that the phone call came from your mother? I can't say. But what I can say is that the phone call did not happen again, which could mean that if it was your mother, she didn't want to scare you again. And if it was your mother, I would bet a significant amount of cash that instead of making another call, she checked in on you and your son in ways that you likely didn't even recognize. And it is with this belief 
that she checked in on you and your family without your knowledge, that I can say that not only did she check on you, but that she wouldn't want you to feel any guilt over your reaction to the phone call. If it was your mother, that is. Thank you again for sharing that story with us. It truly was an interesting one. Before we move on to our next tale, let's go ahead and announce the winner of our story submission contest. I'm staring into the void, totally not rolling a couple of d10s to pick a winner at random. And the winner is Paula Traz. Congratulations, Paula, and I'll be in touch with you to find out which of our lovely Scry t-shirts you would like. Let's get back to the stories, shall we? Our next tale comes from Schroeder's Piano and tells of her experience with someone who may have been more than what they seemed, and not necessarily in a good way. Here is her story. My creepiest and scariest ghost story for me happened about a year ago. It really was more of a possession than a ghost story. I was helping another nurse with a patient that had lived a very hard life. It had numerous things going on with him from cardiac to renal failure. You name it, he had it going on. This man was very much afraid to die. Every time his heart monitor beeped, he would just go into a rage, screaming, Don't let me die! Don't Don't let me die! die The other nurse and I found out why he didn't want to die. About 2 a.m., his cardiac monitor starts alarming VTAC. We both rush into the room. I'm pulling the crash cart behind me. When I get to the room, the other nurse is completely white. This man was sitting about two inches above the bed and was laughing. His whole look completely changed. His eyes just had a look of pure evil on them, and he had this evil smile on his face. He laughed at us and said, You stupid bitches aren't going to let me die, will you? And he laughed again. We were kind of frozen. I did reach up and hit the code blue button, And when I did, the man went into V-fib. He crashed back onto the bed. We started coding him, but after 20 minutes, it was called. Five minutes after the code was called, several of the code team is in the room cleaning up. When this man sits straight up in the bed and says, You let him die too bad 
and then begins laughing. (laughs) The man collapsed back to the bed. We heard a horrible, agonizing scream. Actually, every patient in the unit that night commented on the scream. And then you could hear, Don't let me die. Being whispered throughout the unit. Don't let me die. Every one of the nurses that night was pale and scared. Nobody went anywhere by themselves. By morning, the whispers of Don't Let Me Die were gone. The night shift nurses had a prayer service in the break room before we left for home. And then, we all had nightmares for weeks. Schroeder's Piano. That story was creepy as hell. I can't blame you for having nightmares. I don't know which is worse, the dead man sitting up and speaking, or the whispers that lingered throughout your unit. If that would have been me, well, your old pal the seer would be asking for a bedpan. Thanks again for that story. teeth of chicken, a little mandrake root, and just a dash of chupacabra scat. And you have a meal healthier than what you can get at McDonald's, as well as the ingredients for the curse of the week. This episode's curse comes from Margot, who wishes to curse her husband, Germaine. Well, Germaine, as your wife has requested, you shall be cursed. Germaine, may you forever annoy those around you by being doomed to refer to yourself in the third person. So let it be spoken. So let it be done. <laughs> If you have someone that you wish to curse, find Scry on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and look for our Curse of the Week posts, and let us know whose life you would like me to ruin, or mildly inconvenience. Now back to the show. Stigit99 submits our next tale, in which she describes an event that took place one night at her place of employment. 
I guess I should also mention that her place of employment is at a mental ward. Let's listen to her story. I used to work in a state institution for the developmentally disabled. We were temporarily relocated to another building for a remodeling of our building. Anyways, I was working one night, the second shift. We had a locked unit, and I saw one of the residents walking down the hall. A very distinct gait and a very distinct yellow t-shirt with a happy face on it. I went into the ward to let staff know that they had an escapee. This was a serious situation because this particular resident, Larry, would ingest absolutely anything from clothing to pens to belts to a bird's head. Literally anything. He was also very reluctant to go back to his home ward. Hence, why I didn't bring him back myself. He needed two escorts. When we got back into the hall, less than 15 seconds later, Larry was gone. We searched the entire building, outside, downstairs, all wards. He was nowhere to be found. This whole search lasted less than 10 minutes because I had all extra staff looking for him. I was just about to call the house supervisor to let her know that we lost someone when out from the bathroom walks Larry with one of the staff. He had been getting his bath in the bathroom for the last 30 minutes or so. Kind of freaky. I absolutely, without a doubt, saw Larry in the hallway. I never would have short-staffed the words like I did if I hadn't seen him. Like I said, very distinctive gait, look, and clothing. I took a lot of razzing that night. They all thought that I was crazy. Anyways, come to find out the next day, after the story goes around that I'm crazy, I find out that Larry had an identical twin brother who died in that building 10 years previously. Digit 99, thank you for sharing that story. I would not have guessed that the spirit of the man's twin would have been what you had spotted and was expecting a doppelganger story until the end. But I guess that the lack of a goatee 
meant that we weren't dealing with an evil twin. Thanks again for the story. Our next tale comes from Cardinal Puck and features something that was encountered one night on a camping trip. Here is his tale. I have a friend from my Boy Scout days who's mostly Native American and really, really chill. We would commonly go out to the middle of the wilderness and hike around for weeks, building fires with sticks and cooking fish that we had to catch from streams and things like this. I remember one summer, our trip took us to the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness at the very top of Minnesota, which, to those of you who don't know what it is, is about a billion square miles of absolute desolation. Woods stretched as far as you could see, pocked with large lakes and islands. Our canoe trip had us rowing out to a smallish island and living there for a few days. We'd jump off of rocks into the water and whittle and talk and laugh during the day. And at night, we would return to our tents that were pitched about 50 yards from the water in a clearing in the trees. One morning, we all woke up and put on our swimming suits and walked down to the water to splash around and sort of get clean. While I was in the water, I saw my friend shivering alone outside of the water sitting on a long log that looked like the remnants of a fallen tree or something. So I climbed up the bank and went to talk to him. What's wrong? He was pale and quiet, like he'd seen some sort of ghost. So I asked him if he was alright, and he recounted this story, which to me seems fairly related to this skinwalker thing. Apparently, he'd been awoken in the middle of the night with a burning need to piss. So he slipped on some pants and shoes and exited his tent to find a nice tree to go on. While he was standing, about 50 feet away from the tents at the edge of the woods, he heard the far-off call of a loon, something fairly common in northern Minnesota. Now, if you are not familiar with what a loon sounds like, I would recommend Googling it, because it is the loneliest, most mournful sound in the world, and will scare the shit out of you on normal occasions. He began to get nervous for no good reason and willed himself to piss faster. When the loon call came again, louder and closer, and again, louder and closer, 
until it seemed to be directly over his head. He finished, pulled his junk back inside his pants, and buckled up and was looking up in preparation to run all the way back to his tent. When he saw it, a naked man covered from head to toe with black tattoos, wearing a buffalo skull over his face like some sort of mask, crouching at head level on the low branch of a tree inches away from him. There was a long moment of silence where he just stared into the face of the mask before the man sort of curved his back and let out a long, mournful loon cry. My friend tore off back towards his tent, panting and shivering and trying to keep from throwing up. And when he got to the zippered entrance, he chanced one last look towards the woods. And of course, there was nothing there. He told me all of this in a low voice, without a hint of irony or any clue that it might just be a ghost story. He didn't mention the name Skinwalker, but he did tell me later that his grandfather, a traditional Navajo man, set him down in the middle of his kitchen and blessed him for a full hour after he recounted the tale. It sounds fantastic, but the kid had no reason to lie to me. And if he was faking his signs of distress and terror throughout the rest of the trip, whenever we heard a loon call, he was a damn fine actor. Take it, I guess, for what you will. Cardinal Puck, thank you for sharing that story. This story really strikes a chord with me as I enjoy both camping and kayaking. If I were to have an encounter with something like this on one of my adventures, well, after making a mess in my trousers, I would probably take off across that lake like a basilisk lizard and never look back. And with that, we are going to close the portal and banish back all things dark and frightening. If you have a story that you would like to share, you can submit it at scrypod.com, scrypodcast at gmail.com, or leave a voicemail at 573-203-8668. All stories on Scry are purported to be true. I just realized that I didn't announce our review contest winner yet. Our review contest winner is Spinky Cow. So Spinky Cow, let me know which shirt and size you would like, and I'll get you taken care of. Congratulations to both Spinky Cow and Paula Traz for being the winners of the first ever Scry contests. And thank you to everyone who participated. 
submission winner Paula Traz is also a podcaster and hosts Goodnight Podcast, which is our podcast recommendation of the week. If you are like me, you find yourself listening and sharing scary stories at night, which can make it difficult to sleep. Goodnight Podcast serves to counter that and is designed to help you shut off your brain and fall asleep, which can be helpful if the stories on Scry are keeping you awake. So check out Goodnight Podcast. Certain music in our episode appears courtesy of Shadow Vibe and Mew and appears courtesy of a Creative Commons license. Check out the show notes for more information on these talented artists. And with that, we must close the gate and as always, say goodbye. This is Scry.